Man. Good evening, afternoon, or morning, everyone. Uh, as you can tell by the orange and the Senior Bowl pennant, we're talking. Jackson and I are talking the Senior Bowl this this grand evening, which is Saturday. A big week for All Star games, and as we were talking before, the Senior Bowl. Not high on my list of all-star games, but it's still a very great all-star game. I just think it's too NFL-centric in this day and age, me a total college guy. But, uh, yeah, before we dive in, Jackson, how, how's everything going? Oh, man, it's going great. I love the Senior Bowl. I'm not even a big Reese's fan. I always find myself eating a lot of Reese's uh, come late January, early February now. So, uh, man, always love the Senior Bowl. Uh Hope to make it down to Mobile at some point because it's just a lot going on. Jim Nagy, the director over there, has done amazing stuff with it. And, uh, man, we were talking about it before hopping on uh, the recording that it, yeah, it's not as college-centered. It is more NFL-centered, but it really does give these guys that are playing the best shot at the league. It, it is the Senior Bowl. That's how Quinn Miners was discovered. It's how a lot of these guys are discovered and raised their draft stock by a lot. So hopefully we'll see some good stories coming out of this Senior Bowl. Absolutely. There's a few small school guys, um, you know, a lot of guys improving their draft stock, of course. But I mean, a lot of guys you'll see on day one, unlike the other All-Star games we've been covering, like a lot of household names, to be quite honest, um, which is great. You know, it's it's it almost has a look and feel of a sort of preseason NFL game, in my opinion, with these like bigger stars, these guys, especially the quarterbacks, guys will be day one picks and at the very latest um, day two, maybe like round three or four picks. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's just very great to see. Uh, as well. And I mean, if uh, I was to draw a historical connection between this All-Star game, I'd say the Senior Bowl is taking the stature that the Chicago College All-Star game has taken back in the 30s, from the 30s to the 70s, where these are your All-Americans, your Heisman winners. Uh, I mean, last year, Devontae Smith was invited to the game as a Heisman winner, didn't play, but these are the best, the best in college football, frankly. So, um, excuse me, really, really high profile game, probably the highest profile of all All-Star games. As the motto for the Reese Senior Bowl is, the draft starts in Mobile. That couldn't be more true. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'll go over a little bit just so that we realize how serious and how helpful the Senior Bowl is to guys. I want to go over a little bit of the, the importance of the Senior Bowl to draft evaluations. So let's just take last year's game, right? So 2021. 106 players that participated in the Senior Bowl were also selected to the draft. That's 41% of the draft class that went to the Senior Bowl. That's a considerable chunk of guys that were drafted, period. 88.4% uh, of uh, 2021 Senior Bowl participants made an appearance on a 53-man roster last season. So, hey, if you're at this game, you've got almost a 9 and 10 chance to at some point be on that 53-man roster because, as we all know, these finalized 53-man rosters that come out in late August, early September are not finalized. It's a constant revolving door. So, uh, And then some notable recent Senior Bowl players that we've seen, mostly offense that I've got here, but Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts, Chase Claypool, Terry McLaurin, or Scary Terry, Debo Samuel, Kadarius Tony, Najee Harris, Quinn Miners, who we've already mentioned, like so many guys that are, you know, so good and that got their start in the senior bowl. So awesome to see. Uh, I'm sure we'll add some names to that list coming out of this year's senior bowl. And that's why we watch to find out who, right? 
I mean, absolutely. I mean, you just look at some of the quarterbacks that are playing in this game already as it is. Um, you look at these names that are that are there, like Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter. These are like guys that are looking. I mean, they're they're in the conversation for really turning teams around in, at the quarterback position, at least. And you also got great receivers, too, as well. I mean, there's a couple guys on our list that are household names, um, guys that should have been award finalists. Uh, I know you have one guy on your list that should have been award finalists, in my opinion. Just like also great defensive players, too. So uh, I'm looking forward to the coaching staff. So you got a little Super Bowl preview next year with the coaching staff. So you got the Jets coaching staff against the Lions coaching staff. Might be the Super Bowl next year if we're, uh, you know, no, nah, I'm just kidding around. But, I mean, just two good young coaching staffs. I love Robert Sala for what he did for the Niners. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, I like the coaching staff he's put together as well, looking at some of the names that you put down on our Google sheet. Yeah, absolutely. So these coaching staffs, like you said, it's the Lions and Jets coaching, coaching staffs. This isn't like the East-West Shrine Bowl where it's kind of hand-picked from different teams. Now, all one coaching staff. Now, this is for the first time ever in Senior Bowl history that the head coaches will be in an advisory capacity. So they're actually promoting from within for the head coach for the game. So for the Lions, who will be coaching the American team, uh, Dan Campbell selected assistant head coach and running back coach Deuce Staley. Uh, the offensive coordinator is going to be the Lions tight end coach Ben Johnson and the defensive coordinator, the defensive backs coach and defensive pass game coordinator, Aubrey Pleasant. Uh, for the national team, the Jets coaching staff, Robert Saleh selected tight end coach Ron Middleton to be the head coach for the game. Offensive coordinator is going to go to quarterback coach Rob Calabrese, and then the defensive coordinator will be linebacker coach Mike Rutenberg. So uh, it'll be awesome to see uh, these guys, you know, may hopefully get some play calling roles that we haven't seen before. I will tell you, they will be kind of limited. There is a, a limited set of plays and really not so much plays as personnel groupings uh, that you're allowed to use. You can't go, you know, uh, all, you know, zero personnel or 20 personnel. It has to be, you know, 11, 21 or 12 personnel. Uh, so you always have to have at least one running back and one tight end on the field. And then for defense, you know, you can't have any five man rushes. You can't have any defensive backs blitzing and you can't run. I thought this was maybe the most interesting. You can't really have any nickel packages, which was actually really surprising to me because that's the trend now is we're seeing more nickel defenses than we are four threes or three fours. Uh, you are allowed to have three corners on the field, but only when you have four DBs. So there is one safety still, and you're only allowed to have three corners on the field when there are three receivers on the field. So if the other, you know, offense has, or if the offense has anything other than 11 personnel on the field, you have to have, you know, two safeties and two corners. So just a few little things. You're not going to see anything crazy fancy, no Tampa two, no, you know, corner blitzes, nothing like that, but still will be interesting to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing you hear with these rules is it's all about one-on-one -on -one matchups and seeing how guys pair in those matchups. And a lot of that is, I mean, a lot of that, that is the reason why you don't have blitzes, you don't have like nickel packages as well. So it's just good that they do that for the scouting purpose. Cause that's what these games are for. I mean, uh, especially the senior bowl. So, I mean, very excited too. I think this is great that they have two young coaching staffs, uh, suddenly a broken record, but I mean, it's just great to have these two young coaching staffs, especially like a team like the Lions with a, a lot of gaps to fill. I mean, quarterback, I mean, they're looking like potentially like their, their guy, um, whether the guy on the national team will be, you know, their guy in the future. So that's good for that coaching staff.
Absolutely. And I mean, to your point, I'd expect to see a lot of cover two man is probably going to be the default defensive play that we're seeing in this game. So uh, which will be awesome to see. But uh, yeah, you make a good point. So obviously the Jets have Zach Wilson, so they're not going to be looking for a quarterback for quite a while. Um, but we do have the Lions coaching the uh, American team who are going to be, you know, looking at some quarterbacks to maybe take the reins after Jared Goff's time is up there in Detroit. So it'll be interesting to see. Absolutely. I mean, I think I think that's a that's a good place to start, I guess, with our quarterbacks. Um, so, Jackson, I'll let you go first because uh, you have more detailed notes on, on the quarterbacks. Yeah, absolutely, man. Nothing too fancy. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go with Malik Willis, the guy that we've talked about almost as long as we've been doing this podcast, the quarterback from Liberty. He's going to be on the American team side of things. So that's going to be coached by the Lions. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah pointed out he's been in Mobile all week for practices. Uh, He's looked like the best quarterback in practice this week is something that DJ said. He'll also be calling the game on NFL Network. Like I said, this is someone we've been big on. Malik has had, I wouldn't say a disappointing year, maybe didn't take the leap that we all expected, but uh, he has someone that he is, is someone that certainly has the ability to extend plays, scramble. That's what he's known for, but don't let him fool you. He has the arm strength. He certainly has some touch that he can put on the ball to uh, really, you know, put where it needs to go. Right. Cause that's what quarterbacks need to do. So I'm looking forward to seeing Malik kind of take hopefully a, a, a big leap in the right direction because he went from, you know, some arguments and this is like pre 2021 draft people were talking about hey he may be the first overall pick the way it's looking now some places i don't know have you seen him fall out of the first round in a couple mocks i mean i haven't really seen many mock drafts the ones i've seen i guess like the panthers look like an ideal landing spot for willis yeah yeah no i've i've seen the panthers too with that but we'll see with uh with malik but certainly he could he can only raise his draft stock with this so it'll be a good week for him. Yeah, absolutely and the point you make about uh, the lions with jared goff and when his time's through because it looks like a like a, like a situation with the niners and jimmy g um jimmy g it's kind of made me sad yesterday was press conference because he, he looks like he knew his time was up and i wish him all the best love jimmy garoppolo one of my favorite niners of all time um but it could be a situation there we have a guy who's raw like i mean okay not raw but um with a lot of with a with some development, I wouldn't say a lot, with some development, some kinks to work out at quarterback where you have him sit behind Jared Goff and, you know, just learn where the pressure is not on him. So maybe, you know, maybe the Lions take note of that and really uh, lock in on Malik Willis this week. Yeah, absolutely. And these guys are getting several quarterbacks that they get a chance to look at. There is no clear starter we're going to see each of them play probably a a quarter tops right so you're not going to be in there for a very long time so they'll get their fair look at at multiple uh multiple quarterbacks and something that i kind of forgot to mention most of the evaluation process for the senior bowl it's done during practices during the week that's what's most important if you're wondering why these practices are televised on nfl network like why am i watching the senior bowl practice it's because that's the most important part of the week and then by the time the game comes it's just time to you know let loose and have a little bit more fun and of course you can kind of see where they you know how they compete and you get a better sense of the competitive nature in the actual game but the valuation that happens during the week for the most part your mind's made up on a guy 
uh, pretty much by the time it's kickoff. So something to note there that the, the work that we're talking about, the evaluations we're talking about are taking place, have taken place. That's a good point that the game's pretty much just a formality, you know, with people around there. I mean, the practice, of course, practice is being televised too. But um, I mean, that's how a guy like Eric Johnson, who I'll mention later, found his way into the um into the senior bowl this week uh, after a great, great week of practices at the senior bowl. And I mean, of course he was sharing reps during the game, but he had good, I mean, he had good reps during the game itself. It was most of the practice that got him in mobile Alabama. So um, I guess to continue the quarterback discussion, I'm going to go two at a time. I don't really have much detail notes in the quarterbacks because I mean, they're all household names. We all know about them. So I'm going to go two at a time with two group of five guys. Uh, we have Desmond Ritter and Carson strong. Uh, both guys are, are pretty similar in terms of size, about 6'4". Ritter has a lot of mobility in his game, kind of reminds you of like a Justin Herbert, I'd say. Um, a guy that can, a big guy that can get out of the pocket with that deceptive speed. Um, looking at a scattering report on um, pro football, on, on profootballnetwork.com, they've had some pretty robust scattering reports like most of the senior bowl guys. Uh, they like his size. They love his arm. Some things that he can improve. I mean, those that they love his athletic ability. Some things he can improve, they say, are on his accuracy, which I mean, he doesn't have the highest completion percentage, but as we've seen with the climb of Josh Allen, I mean, accuracy can be worked on very easily, honestly, or, or at least Josh Allen made it look easy in terms of accuracy because there's questions uh, with that coming out of Wyoming. Another thing, too, um, he doesn't throw with anticipation, and that was something I didn't know until they explained it a, sen a sentence later, where he doesn't lead the receiver, which honestly put a, his, some of his receivers in a spot to make plays, like Alec Pierce, who I'll be talking about later on, um, who's an ultimate a great bad ball catcher. I mean, no offense to Ritter, but those, that's, that's Ritter's game. Uh, Carson Strong... A uh, big quarterback as well, more of a pocket passer, can move out of the pocket as well. I mean, there seems to be a million Nevada players in the senior bowl because he's also got Romeo Dubs. He's got Cole Turner uh, playing in this game as well. The Wolfpack just had an explosive offense out there in Reno. Excuse me. But, um, yeah, they love his arm. They love his um, – they love the mental aspect of his game, how he can go through progressions quickly, how he can uh, dial up protections and stuff and just make pre-snap reads very easily. Um, some things, too, that they don't like is, I, I guess, like they can improve, trying to be positive, that he can improve in his game is um, when, uh, I guess, how he, how he responds to pressure, excuse me, how he responds to pressure as well as um, he tends to throw up his back foot at times. But Carson Strong is a guy that, um, I mean, really looks a part of a pocket passer and um, has a lot of potential, too. Yeah, absolutely. Both of those guys will be awesome to, to watch during the week. And I will see all the quarterbacks really get playing time. And that's obviously going to be the, you know, the most obvious of when they're divvying up. Uh, what teams are they on and the coaching staffs that they'll be under? Yeah, let me check that up really quick. I mean, because was not the best with uh, with the teams. Um <laughs> Uh, like Ritter, it looks staff. like it's going to be under the national team, which will be with the Jets. So for what it's worth. And then pick it, it will be. Strong's also it, on the national team. Yeah, also on the national team. That works out great because my first guy was with the American team and my second quarterback is also with the American team who will be under the lines. Bailey Zappi, a guy that we've talked a little bit about, the quarterback from Western Kentucky. Jim Nagy, the Senior Bowl director, actually called him a dark horse for a Senior Bowl game MVP, so something to watch maybe, especially if he ends up playing in the first, fourth quarter. Uh, 
here's all I'll say. He didn't almost throw for 6,000 yards and 62 touchdowns on accident. Both of those are NCAA records, by the way. Uh, so, I mean, he's obviously going to be a viable option for whatever team ends up with him. I'm looking forward to seeing him in the preseason with some, you know, NFL receivers and against NFL competition. But we'll get a little glimpse of that. Like you said, it does feel a little bit like a preseason game. So we'll, we'll get to see that for sure. And uh, in the senior bowl. So Bailey Zappi, you can tell him right away from that shiny chrome helmet that Western Kentucky has. So. Yeah, I mean, Zappi's had a wonderful season, and I just hope he puts to rest all the system quarterback. I know people are like, you know, talk to they, they talk about quarterbacks in that way, being system quarterbacks, um, because it always comes to, to be that way in an air raid where guys get categorized like that. Uh, I don't know if there's been discussion or if there's been like sort of discourse on that. As Kurt Warner said, we're all system quarterbacks. Like every quarterback has a system that they thrive under, and Bailey Zappi just so happened to, you know, have a system that allowed him to break NCAA records we have never thought would be broken again. Exactly. And that's been the knock on run and shoot quarterbacks too. Like guy like Colt McDonald for Hawaii, Colt Brennan, uh, rest in peace. But I mean, I really feel like he was, he had that label being a run, uh, a system quarterback out of the run and shoot. So uh, I don't think Zappy's getting that because the league is sort of resembling more college um, in terms of running quarterbacks, in terms of uh, personnel groupings with receivers. So it'll be great to see what Zappy does, I guess, with, uh, I mean, with more, I guess conventional pro pro plays because some of the sets that Western Kentucky pulled out during the year, uh, you probably would not see that very often on that on NFL field. Um, yeah, so I, I guess continuing the uh, the quarterback, I, uh, the last quarterback I had before Jackson covers his last guy, Sam Howell. Um, doesn't seem like he's been he's been a senior um, because he hopped on the scene 2019 as a redshirt freshman. But they 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 sort of changed the rules. But Sam Howell, he sort of, this is another guy that I wouldn't say disappointed, but just um, he he didn't. Um, there, the, the expectations were huge for him, and I don't think that was fair just based on, um, on you know, the one season he had. Uh, Sam Howell, the talent's there. The line just really was not there for Sam Howell. His mobility really improved, though, because we're talking about a guy who uh, was, in this, was in the talk in terms of ACC rushing seasons with Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. Like, he was in, in terms of having a – I think it was like a 4,000, 1,000-yard or like most um, – I guess quarterbacks have like a certain number of rushing yards. He was in the, he was in the discussion too. And there's a tweet that was posted by PFF college um, where he was number three or he was number two. He had more 10 yard, 10 plus ten, more rushes of 10 plus yards at the start of November. He had one more than Kenneth, than Kenneth Walker and was two behind Sean Tucker. So Sam Howell really improved his mobility. Of course, he's got the arm. Um, you know, this was a guy that we're talking about was the number one draft, the number one quarterback prospect, and not possibly the number one draft pick heading into 2021, um, but stayed the extra year. So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see Sam Howell play. Um, I mean, I, I think, I mean, I still think he's probably one of the most draft ready quarterbacks there is in terms of, I mean, along with Matt Corral and Kenny Pickett. Um, but yeah, we'll just see how he performs too, because he has really improved his game or added that extra rushing dimension to his game this year. Yeah, for sure. We'll see with Sam Howe, if, uh, how he performs, you know, in practices, obviously, all week and then in the game. It'd be awesome to see him succeed a lot uh, against, you know, what really is NFL competition. I guess I'll go ahead and just take the last quarterback that's left. I, Kenny Pickett, I believe you took all the other ones, right? So Kenny Pickett left. We kind of flip-flop teams. So you took the last uh, the last American quarterback and 
Kenny Pickett's going to be the last national quarterback. Uh, Kenny Pickett, if you're listening to this, all of you are familiar with Pickett, so I don't need to say too much on that. I will say, let's look at the two quarterbacks. You you say mobility, right? So, I mean, mobility is just a very um, not strong word, but just kind of, you know, generic, very broad term. What, what do we mean by that? You don't have to be Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes or, you know, Josh Allen really more than anyone now, right. Uh, to be a mobile quarterback, look at the two quarterbacks in the Super Bowl right now, right. It's Joe Burrow and Matthew Stafford, two guys. You don't think of either of them as running quarterbacks, but man, they can take off when they need to. And they certainly can extend the play, move out of the pocket comfortably, all that. I think that's what we're really getting at that you have to have in today's national football league. You have to be able to get out of the pocket comfortably. You have to be able to pick up a few yards when you need them. You don't have to be scrambling all over the field to the opposite sideline like Lamar is and Josh Allen is. So that, I think I, we should clarify that because that's an important distinction. And you need mobility. You don't always need the scrambling ability, but you need the mobility. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and yeah, it, it is a very broad term because if you look at it, Dan Marino is mobile. He could get out of the pocket a little bit. He could evade the rush. Um, I guess when we turn, when we say mobility, I guess like, Actually, accumulating yards too. You know that that's the thing too. I mean, there's many ways to think about it: evading, evading the rush, stepping up in the pocket, um, creating better throws for you, or just getting on the stat sheet rushing. Um, yeah, and I mean, all these quarterbacks have either some element of mobility too, just in a different way. No, no one's a statue really. There's very, there's very few statuesque quarterbacks in college football anymore. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's just how the game's changing too, honestly. Uh, and frankly, I like it. Probably the most successful one that we've seen in recent memory was Mac Jones that we saw. And Daniel Jeremiah put it perfectly. He was just in a rocking chair behind that Alabama offensive line. So it turns out he is a little bit mobile. He just never had to use it at Alabama. So and now we're seeing that a little bit with the Patriots. Kyle Trask, sort of the same thing, just not nearly as good of an offensive line, but he is a little bit less mobile. So really the only two quarterbacks we've seen in recent memory that have been almost statues and Mac Jones wasn't even a statue. He just could be, he had that luxury. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I guess um, at this point we'll move on to, I guess, other positions too. Um, so I'm going to talk about my first running back. I have, uh, this is a guy that really fascinates me. Devonte price at FIU. Uh, and if you look at his stat his sample last year in 2020, he had five games, uh, 518 rushing yards in, or not 518, uh, he had 581, excuse me, rushing yards, only five games. And kind of like we talked about Greg Bell when we were previewing the NFL PA Bowl, uh, teams were keying in on Devontae Price because that FIU offense only averaged 123 passing yards per game. Devontae Price's game, there aren't many Devontae Price highlights, to be honest with you. But looking at the highlights that do exist, this is a guy that runs up the middle very strong, is quick to hit holes, and is not afraid to drag like uh, drag people with him. He's a 6'2", 216, uh, really powerful back. Uh, and I think I think he he would benefit from having a balanced attack behind him because he didn't really have that uh, in 2020 with FIU. He was injured in 2021, only played nine games and had 682 yards, but put a balanced attack behind him. And I think Devonte Price can really I mean put up some good numbers too, and really be the workhorse too. He's built like a war- he's built to be the workhorse at 6'2", 216. So this is a guy probably the the most obscure running back out of the running back group. Um, this is a, a guy that's a sleeper. I think um, you know kind of. Rem- Reminds me a bit. I wouldn't say AJ Dillon, but he, he is 6'2. He's a taller back. 
Yeah, absolutely. He's certainly someone to watch this week. And like you said, not obscure, just uh, definitely not the household name that some of these other guys that are playing in the senior bowl are for sure. I'll go ahead and go with my running back, uh, a guy who I watched every snap of in college, Damian Pierce, the running back from Florida. He's going to be on the American team, so he's going to be under the Lions coaching staff. Man, I'm telling you, Dan Campbell is going to love his mentality. He is awesome. He is tough. We all saw that play where he scored the touchdown without his helmet against Florida State. Uh, and he comes with almost no wear and tear, ironically. He was in a running back by committee all of his years at Florida. So he only had 374 carries his whole time. Our friends at PFF uh, ranked him first overall in, uh, in rushing grade and just an overall grade for running backs. Man, he's a class act. He'll blow team away, teams away in interview. He's an excellent pass protector. A clip came out just a couple hours ago of him going in one-on-ones and pass protection. And he was just, I mean, just an incredible pass protector. I've been saying for a while teams are going to get a steal when they take Pierce, man, after this week at the Senior Bowl. I don't even know if it's going to be a steal. I think he's raising his draft stock that much. He'll get picked right where he belongs on, you know, hopefully day two early on. I mean, yeah, with that glowing review, I, I think you're a Florida fan. Uh, but I'm just kidding. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just great. I like the point you make about pass protection because that's really a thing that, I mean, people overlook, like the casual fan overlooks pass protection too, but it's just so important um, when you have, you know, good linebackers. Like we had a great cr- uh, crop of linebackers in this game. I mean, like you look at, you look at Devin Lloyd at your list, uh, Troy Anderson, Chad Muma. I mean, couple a couple of guys that really get in the backfield and really are shot out of a cannon. I mean, having pass protection past i'm excuse me having past protectors is so important um to i mean of course i also uh, want I mean, to a passing league no go ahead sorry oh yeah absolutely no pass protection is so important and uh, let me show you this speaks to its importance we're not going to see any running back pass protection more than likely in the actual senior bowl because you can only rush four so i uh, gosh i hope you don't need pass protection by running back in that right um but uh they're still practicing it this whole week because it's that important to the game you're not going to be using it in the senior bowl but pass pass protection is really a third of your game. I forget what running back we were talking about in the FCS season, but I read an interview and he said he considered, he divides his game up into three parts, running the ball, pass catching and pass protecting. I just thought that was a great way, man. I can't, I wish I could remember which running back it was. I know it was from the FCS season that he said that, but I just thought that was a great description of it. And Damian Pierce certainly pays attention to all three of those phases. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, now I'm excited to watch him play as well. I mean, and that's funny that you mentioned. I mean, if you need pass protection on a four man rush, you know, uh, either someone someone shouldn't be where they're at in the senior bowl or uh, someone messed up. So uh, move, moving on to my next guy, I'm going to go with the receiver. Uh, this is a guy that I just I've loved to watch the past couple of years. It just started with uh, my first exposure to Alec Pierce of Cincinnati was a 2020 American Athletic Conference um, title game. Uh, had some friends over, you know, had a couple friends over. We were watching the game and I was just amazed at some of the catches he was making um, on, on Saturday Night Football on ABC, you know, uh, getting that spotlight spot for the conference. Um, so, I mean, he, he makes spectacular catches. He's probably the best jump ball receiver i think in this game um and definitely top five in the draft 
um, 17 and a half yards per catch in his career. And the thing that they mentioned is scouting report on the pro football network was deceptive speed. He runs about a four five forty. He's a big lanky guy, about six, four, one ninety. I didn't really get his measurables, but he's a lanky guy. But I mean, he, he just runs by you. He can run by you and he can jump over you. Uh, it's just, I mean, a really great tool to have uh, for uh, the deep passing game. NFL draft scout, NFL draft scout said, um, since quote unquote, Cincinnati's offensive system did not require Pierce to run a complex route tree. So that's something to watch too. And of course, that's what these all-star games are for. We sound like a broken record. Um, we're getting that exposure to NFL playbooks, NFL coaches will help too. And getting exposure to these routes will help Pierce a lot too. But this is a guy, I expect one spectacular catch um, in this game from Pierce. Um, just a great athlete. Absolutely, absolutely. Earlier this season, Jim Nagy actually called Alec Pierce the biggest riser at the wide receiver position for this college football season. So he's obviously elevated his game a lot in this 2021 season. Obviously, uh, Cincinnati didn't go out the way they would have liked against Alabama in the college football playoff, but Pierce is certainly not because of Pierce, for sure. Uh, and I don't remember how he did against that secondary. I think that Bama front seven got to Ritter so fast. They couldn't really, uh, couldn't really see accurately. Right. Um, but man, we'll love to see Pearson. He'll get plenty of chances this week in Mobile. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's a great point you make too with Alabama too, because, uh, we would have, I mean, I would have loved to see what he could have done against that secondary. Um, but again, there's just so much talent in the, in the front seven, like you said, where, um, Alec Pierce, if you saw made his money with a deep ball, I mean, Ritter didn't necessarily, did not necessarily have the time to throw the deep ball. So, um, I guess I'll, I'll kick it back to you, Jackson, uh, for your next guy. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go with a guy you mentioned a little earlier, Devin Lloyd, the linebacker from Utah. Uh, he's going to be over on the national team, again, coached by the Jets coaching staff. So obviously it'll be great under Sela. You know, the defensive scheme is going to be awesome there. Uh, so very athletic. He's great in dropping into coverage. Would love to see him in Tampa, too, as he's an inside linebacker at some point. Obviously not in this game, but in the future. He's also great, very versatile in the blitz game. Uh, so the reason I bring up Devin Lloyd is because really his strengths are what we're not really going to see all too much of in the senior bowl. So I'm excited to see how he does, uh, maybe, you know, being a linebacker covering the backside of a running back, maybe on a flat route or something like that. Looking forward to seeing how he does and more of the, uh, more pass defending and what his not weaknesses, just what we haven't seen of him yet as much. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting you mentioned that too, um, how there's no blitzes in this game and a guy like Devin Lloyd made his money blitzing, of course. But I mean, that's where you see how guys can read plays as well. I mean, a lot of middle linebackers too looking at their footage. Yeah, they made tackles for loss, but I mean, they just made quick reads at the beginning of plays and were in the holes right away. Uh, as we'll talk about, um, I mean, one of the linebackers I have on my list. So that'll be interesting to see just the in the in play reaction, like the during the play reaction of some of these linebackers. Um Going, going on to my next player, I have one more receiver. I have Bo Melton out of Rutgers, too. That's right. You heard it, Rutgers. Rutgers is on upward trajectory the past couple of years with Greg Schiano. And I wouldn't say that they misused Bo Melton, but Bo Melton would have had a lot of better, a lot better stats in a different scheme because we all know Greg Schiano uh, from the Ray Rice days had, I mean, you know, he likes to run the ball with a great heavy run game. Uh, the, the book on um, 
the book on Bo Melton, excuse me, 4-3 speed, looks to be a threat out of the slot. I mean, Rutgers did line him outside of the numbers sometimes, but his size at 5'11", 195, likely, likely won't permit that. He's had 600 yards the past few years for Rutgers, and again, those are impressive stats for that scheme with Greg Schiano. Often ran a lot of two-back sets. I mean, Michael Burton, I think, played was recruited by Schiano, the fullback for the, for the Chiefs, just to get an idea of, of his schemes. Uh, and then also, too, concerns are drops and catch and traffic situations. Um, that's one concern, but I'm not sure we looked at practice. I'm sure that coaches worked with him on that. Another versatile guy, 25 career carries, a Tyreek Hill type player with the speed, uh, even more red and white, red and white in college, you know, like Ty- Tyreek Hill does on Sundays. So Bo Melton, that's a guy you necessarily didn't hear about because of scheme and because of Rutgers in the Big Ten. But I'm excited to see what he does, you know, if the if the senior if the national team uses him in sort of a Tyreek Hill capacity. Yeah, absolutely. We would love to see that Tyree kill. That's a, that's an aggressive uh, comparison, but certainly would love to see it come true. Uh, Bo Melton man, first Rutgers player in the senior bowl since 2018. Jim Nagy called him earlier this summer, savvy, strong, tough, and aggressive. That's a pretty good description of what's going to be a good wide receiver. So really excited to see Melton here. Absolutely. I mean, it's just a sign of Rutgers resurgence on the big on the big stage because they got Isaiah Pacheco playing the Hula and the Shrine Bowl. They had their starting tight end as well as a late add to the Shrine Bowl um, today, actually. Um, pretty strange. But yeah, just a resurgent program out there in New Jersey in the Big Ten. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'll go ahead and go with my next guy, a guy who we've talked about a couple of times, I believe Jalen Tolbert, the wide receiver from South Alabama, man, he is a consensus top 100 player, a day two pick. So don't let the South Alabama name scare you. Uh, Look for him to the giants possibly is one connection. I've heard Uh, general manager, Joe Schoen was at the South Alabama Carolina game. After Thanksgiving, possibly to watch Tolbert. It's definitely a team to watch there. Uh, man, he is one of the best wide receivers in college football, regardless of conference or where you're at. So, man, I'm excited to see Tolbert against some better competition. That's one of the best thing about uh, one of the best things about the Senior Bowl is that it gives these guys who are at smaller schools a chance to go against the best of the power five, right? It's almost like a little mini bowl game where we get to see that of the group of five versus power five. And uh, Tolbert's certainly a group of five guy that's going to. Yeah. And frankly, I think Tolbert was robbed of a, um, of a, of a finalist spot for the Belitnikoff award because his numbers were so great this year for South Alabama. It's just group of, it's just biased against a group of five, but I mean, how great is that to have a guy like Jalen Tolbert play in front of the home crowd and really draw fans for the senior ball automobile. But I mean, this is a chance for, honestly, if I'm Jalen Tolbert, I'm playing this game angry because you know, I was, I mean, if I'm Jalen Tolbert, I was dropping the attention in the uh, Belitnikoff race. Uh, a lot of the national spotlight, my stats were better than a lot of the, than the guys that were in the, um, in the Belitnikoff finalist list, you know? So if I'm Tolbert, I'm playing angry, but I'm excited to see him play. And of course, one more game in front of the, the crowd automobile. I mean, I mean, it, it's a great story. Um, moving on to the defense for me, I'm going to start off with the front seven with Eric Johnson out of Missouri state. 
And this is a guy that had an impressive showing, as we mentioned briefly uh, at the beginning of this podcast. Great practices at the NFL PA Bowl, 6'5", 298, a huge guy. Um, looks to fit in a 4-3 scheme, I guess, at 298 pounds. Could always gain weight and become a 3-4 type of defensive tackle. Uh, was great in the NFL PA Bowl. Had a sack of Chris Oladokun. Um, you know, really, really roughed up Oladokun, too. You don't really see that in all-star games. But he just got he got in quickly. Really strong guy. Uh, had a great showing out of Missouri State. And that's another resurgent program as well out there in Springfield, Missouri. Absolutely. He'll be awesome to see. And uh, do you know what side of the of the, which team he's on? I didn't look it up real quick, if not. Yeah, I, I got the roster pulled up, too. I, I can look it up as well. Um, he is on the looks like the national side. So uh, it's he's American. He's on the American. Oh, yes. Yeah, he's on the American. Oh, I'm okay. looking at the PDF. That. that was I know. I don't know if you're looking at the PDF or. I'm looking at the PDF. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I he was on the he was on the American on the PDF. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. No, my bad. Uh, I'll go ahead and go with my next guy, um, Max Mitchell. Really, my only offensive lineman that I'm listing on here. But uh, man, Mitchell, um, he's an offensive tackle out of Louisiana. Going to be on the American side of things. Uh, Louisiana under Billy Napier's era has produced some really good offensive linemen. Robert Hunt is a guard for the Dolphins. Kevin Donson, a guard for the Steelers. Uh, both Louisiana linemen under him that were actually drafted in the first four rounds. Uh, who knows? Maybe Max Mitchell will be next. I know he's flying up a few draft boards that I've seen, at least, you know, obviously I don't know if he is for NFL teams, but at least online, right? Uh, so he's actually played right tackle and left tackle. I'd look for him to be a little bit more left tackle this week, but certainly a, a guy to watch. And uh, hopefully his name isn't called during the senior bowl because he probably will have given up a sack if so. But uh, hopefully a guy that can fly under the radar and just sit there. Yeah, man, I almost forgot about my lineman too. But it's it's all, I mean, it's a great point you make about when their name's called, um, it's not a good thing, you know, uh, unless unless they're they're running a short feature. I mean, in between plays, talking about the lineman, whether, whether it's a good human interest story. Um, and it isn't on ESPN, lineman. so we won't hear about their, you know, uncle, you know, running away when he was two years old or something like that. So <laughs> thankfully, it's on the Nifflin. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, yeah, I almost forgot about my lineman. And how could I forget about, um, you know, a fellow, a Patriot leaguer playing in, in the game? Uh, we have Nick Zakel. I'm not sure how to pronounce that out of Fordham. Uh, and the book on him, he's got a strong upper body, uh, had a good showing against Nebraska. Their one power five game they had this year where they briefly had a lead. Or, yeah, I think they briefly had a lead against Nebraska at a Memorial Stadium, too. Um, also, too, they say he uses they they say he uses his arms well with good hand placement, works well at the second level too. And I gotta say, you know, Fordham's got a great tradition of uh, of linemen because back in the '30s, in the late '30s, you had the seven blocks of granite out out at Fordham. We had Leo Pekin, Johnny Drews, Alex. <laughs> this is a tough name to pronounce. Alex Wachichevics, Ed Franco. Al, Bar Al Babartsky, Mike Kochel, Harry Jakunski, Natty Pierce, and last but not least, Vince Lombardi was on that iconic line um, that was known as the Seven Blocks of Granite, where Fordham was a national power and the great sports writer, Grantland Rice, uh, 
wrote wrote a little poem called The Fordham Wall Still Stands. So we have uh, Nick Zakelich continuing the great tradition of Fordham linemen. And, you know, hopefully he gets drafted mid-rounds too because linemen, honestly, they, they pop out anywhere. We talked about Andrew Rupchich in the NFL PA Bowl coming from Culver Stockton, the 2019 Pies Award winner. We talked about Quinn Miners. That's a name we talked about the past few weeks. And, of course, Ollie Marpet out of Hobart. I mean, it seems like if you're big, you can't coach size. I mean, if you're a big guy playing anywhere, they'll find you. Anytime you combine a big guy with uh, just the technique and the form that we see uh, that's required in the league, man, uh, some stuff and certainly like you can't coach size. Uh, so certainly something that uh, to watch out for. I'll go ahead. Um, also, by the way, a great follow on Twitter is Duke Mannyweather for all things offensive line. I'm pretty sure he's out in Mobile uh, working with some of these guys, but he runs a little offensive line camp in the offseason, too, and works with a lot of NFL guys. Uh, man, I've, I've learned a lot just from following him. So I think at Big Duke 50 is going to be his, uh, his Twitter handle. So definitely worth a follow for anything offensive line draft related. Um, I'll go ahead and go with my next guy, a guy who we've also talked about, Jalen Petrie, the safety from Baylor, going to be on the national side of things. Big 12 defensive player of the year. And, uh, man, you can't blitz in the senior bowl, like we said. So I'm looking forward to seeing him drop a little bit more into coverage. Uh, also, he's played nickel almost his entire time at Baylor. I'm excited to see, does he line up? You're only allowed to have a nickel on the field in a four DB package when there's three wide receivers on the other side of the ball. So looking forward to seeing how he lines up. If he is outside, if they do have him, maybe as a safety come down a little bit and play man to man on the slot. Looking forward to seeing that. Like I said, man, there aren't too many guys that can tackle in space and cover tight ends. Petrie's one of those guys. So I'm looking forward to seeing him do all that. Yeah. I mean, Petrie, I mean, we talked about him in the award awards races, whether it was the, um, the Thorpe award or the, um, geez, I forgot the other, the other defensive award, but in the awards races where Petrie's like you're a different type of defensive back that got consideration. Cause he gets in the backfield, had over like 10 plus like tackles for a loss. Uh, I'm excited to see how he plays. Cause I mean, he could be that sort of hybrid player, uh, hybrid linebacker slash safety, like a guy like Dalen Buchanan was for so many years or still is, if he's still playing, you know, um, so I'm excited to see Petrie play in the defensive backfield too. Uh, going back to, to my defensive guys, um, going back to my defensive guys, we have, um, sorry, we have Chad Muma out of Wyoming and he's a pretty good, he's a pretty good linebacker out of, um, he's a pretty good, he's a pretty good linebacker out of Wyoming, excuse me. And he's, uh, the thing with him is, uh, he's very quick to read plays. If you look at his tape, it's nothing spectacular, but you'll see him really sit. You see him really sit and, uh, look at, um, at, you know, how the play develops and it'll make a quick read out of it too. And also too, in pass coverage, he really hops on balls too. He made, he made some really like great breaks on balls almost looks like defensive back too when he was making those breaks on balls and this is a guy 142 tackles this year so you know he gets off of blocks well you know that uh that he reads plays very well and i'm excited to see him play i mean against linemen who, who get to the second against elite linemen getting to the second level as well and uh, against you know tough running backs like Devonte price and whatnot so um chad boom was a guy to look out for 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 wyoming on the 
national squad. So, yeah, I guess I put in my report too for Muma. Seems to break on balls across the middle like a missile because that's what it seemed like. He made some like really awesome breaks. Absolutely. That'll be awesome to see. And uh, and hopefully we can see some of these defensive guys really make a play, even though these are very simple defenses. Hopefully we can see a, a couple picks on this one. I'll go ahead and go. So I actually have three guys left, but they are all the same position and all on the same team. So if it's all good with you, Omar, I'm going to go ahead and combine them just so people can know uh, where to watch. Uh, they are all tight ends for the national team. So I will just say that the uh, that the Jets are very lucky, and hopefully they if they can't find themselves a tight end in this group, then they never will. Uh, man, this is one of the best, deepest tight end classes that we've seen in, in a long time. And uh, just so happens that three of them are on the same team. So it works out great for the Jets and Robert Saylor and all them. I'd expect to see a lot of 12 personnel packages on uh, on senior bowl day but uh i'll go first charlie kohler a guy who needs no introduction to tight end from iowa state man a great red zone target and he also can get in a three-point stance and run block so the best of both right there with kohler trey mcbride a guy who we talked about so many times out of colorado state the mackie award winner the first unanimous all-american colorado state history and he's even a better run blocker. He's, he gets all the awards because of his pass catching ability and his very fluent route running, but he's an even better run blocker, which is just awesome. And then Jake Ferguson, a guy you may not have heard of, the tight end from Wisconsin. He is very smooth in route running. He's great as a blocker. And man, whenever he runs a seam route, he wins over the linebackers and then also can win over the safeties with his size. So Jake Ferguson, Trey McBride, Charlie Kohler, unfortunately, we won't get to see all three of them on the field at the same time, but I'd, I'd certainly expect to see two of them on the field at the same time a pretty good bit. Yeah, I mean, this tight end group is so loaded, too. I mean, you need to mention like Greg Dulcich out of UCLA, uh, Cole Turner out of Nevada, just like such a loaded tight end group and guys that like this might be one of the deepest tight end drafts I can remember in recent memory, uh, if I'm being quite honest. Uh, I'm excited to see McBride play, too, away from the Mountain West, away from because I know the Mountain West defenses get a bad rap, um, honestly, as, as most West Coast defenses do. But just, see, just to see him compete against, you know, the best that there is, really. Uh, put aside those, I guess, those detractors or those G5 detractors. Uh, I'm, I'm excited to see it, too. So I'm going to take a page out of your book, Jackson, and group my last two players because I have two defensive backs. Both in the national team, um, coincidence there. We have Josh Williams out of Fayetteville State. All my J. Cole fans, you know, Fayetteville, North Carolina. But um, this is a guy who's lanky, 6'3", 197. Kind of reminds me of Brandon Browner, as much as I hate to say that name as a Niners fan. Uh, just a big corner who, I mean, who's physical, I mean, and can win some jump ball battles. Um, I don't know if he's on the same team as he is on the same team as Alec Pierce, but I mean, maybe like, I guess, I mean, seeing, seeing him battle against like Romeo dubs, a big receiver out of Nevada. Uh, I'd be excited to see that, but I mean, just a great playmaker with the ball. Um, he he's had 21 pass breakups the last two years for Fayetteville state out of the CIA representing the HBCU as well. And then we have Gregory Jr. out of Wachita Baptist. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that school right, but a Wachita Baptist. Um, he's a corner. He's at 16 pass breaks the past couple of years. Also got good size at corner at six feet, 197. Was also invited to the NFL PA Bowl. Um, just two good corners who, you know, are physical, have good size to them, and, you know, could find their way in nickel sets, you know, early on in their careers.
Absolutely. And uh, like I said, hopefully we can see some of these defensive guys get, get their hands on the ball at some point. But, uh, man, both of them, Eric Johnson, uh, Gregory, they're going to hopefully have great games and lock down whatever receivers are going to be going up against. I'm looking forward to seeing if the receivers are more dominating because neither class is significantly deeper than the other, at least from what I've seen. And I'd really be curious because I've talked about this before, how there's a trend of if you're athletic and you're that same body type of a receiver or corner, you tend to go to the offensive side of the ball. Curious if we're going to see the corners really hang in there. And uh, hopefully it's a little bit more even than I'm, than I'm picturing. So, yeah, man, I'm excited. I'm pumped for the Senior Bowl. Uh, Senior Bowl practice recaps are on every night on NFL Network, something to watch. Uh, so, man, I'm, I'm excited for all this. It'll be great. Yeah, I am too. I mean, this is truly so great for draft positioning. Like, this is high profile too. Like, this is where guys will slide up in the first couple rounds. And like, that's, those are like the really, the, I guess, the draft movements that people will pay attention to the most. Excuse me. Um, so I'm really excited too. I know Jim Nagy works his butt off recruiting uh, guys all season long, going to different games and, and talking to them, hey man, look at what we're doing here in Mobile every uh every january and february and uh man i mean he's got it must be an easy pitch because if if you're in this game nine out of ten chance you make it on an nfl roster can't find anywhere else where it's even near that good so yeah i mean this is the place to be if you want to you want to be a pro i mean if you know if you want to play in a game with a lot of pageantry and play in the east west shrine bowl but if you want if you want to be in the nfl then play in the in the senior bowl i mean that i mean i'm a shrine bowl purist of the day that i die i love the shrine bowl but uh yeah i mean the senior bowl is so great too i mean this is what casual college football fans will see and i mean what even like expert college football fans will say is the preeminent all-star game in college football absolutely absolutely so Man, that's it for me. Uh, you can find the roster on the, the Senior Bowl website as well. I know I'm going to print it out and have it by my side. Uh, but, man, we've got that. And uh, eat plenty of Reese's. Enjoy the day on NFL Network. The draft starts here. That's for sure. Yep, eat plenty of Reese's, but make sure you brush your teeth, too, because that sugar isn't good for your, for those teeth. But uh, I'm, I'm excited as well. <laughs> Just had to ruin the fun, man. Gosh, we're hey, all gonna. No, brush no, them. you can eat them. You can eat them. Just brush your teeth after, you know. If you just, just keep those pearly whites. This is why you don't have a girlfriend no more. Ouch, man. Hey, I mean, <laughs> I, I care. I care about the teeth, and I gotta say, I care about product placement too. Because anytime I go into the Carolinas this fall, um, go up on uh, let's see, what I think it was I ten was I ten no, it was an I ten north. What was it? I forget the highway, but go up, going up north. I, you know, there's only one Denny's um, in in a 70 mile radius from Augusta, and I had a craving for Denny's after watching the uh, Denny, the Orange Blossom Classic with Jackson State and Florida A&M presented by Denny's, and I'm like, you know what? Anytime I'm like in South, I'm in Columbia, I'm gonna go to a Denny's, you know, just uh, for that product placement. So product placement does work, obviously, with me and Jackson. It does. It does. That's done wonders. So. <laughs> Yeah, man. Well, uh, enjoy the rest of your night. Looking forward. We've got the, uh, well, at the time we're recording this, we've got the Shrine Bowl tomorrow night, which will be awesome to see. So, uh, yeah, man, it'll be great, great week of, uh, of football. Last time they really put the helmets on uh, for their school, right? And then uh, on the footballs, they take the stripes off and, and get ready for the league. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you mentioned one last time. Will Kenny Pickett have one last fake slide up his sleeve? We'll see. <laughs> 
I didn't see anything in the senior bowl rules about fake slides. So you never know. Yeah. Probably the most controversial rushing touchdown in ACC history. So uh, <laughs> probably. I'll, I'll just leave it probably. at that. Um, but until next time, we got one more all-star bowl preview for you. Um, in a couple weeks from now or, you know, a week and a half or whatever uh, with HBC Legacy Bowl. But until then, peace, love, and soul, everyone.